Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register Threat Monitoring Service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Hello and welcome to another Sibline podcast. Today, our discussion will focus on the recent political upheavals in Algeria. And joining me to share his thoughts on this topic is Sibline's lead MEA analyst, Phil Riding. Hi there. So, Phil, what's been happening in Algeria? What are the latest developments? So, as of yesterday, President Abdelaziz Bouteflika uh, resigned after around 20 years in office uh, and after, uh, over the course of the last few weeks, making a series of concessions to uh, anti-government protesters. And how did we get here? What's caused this situation to arise? So presidential elections were scheduled uh, for April of this year. And effectively, if we we trace back over the events of the last few weeks, we'll we'll see how uh, all of this has come to a head. So on the 10th of February, President Bouteflika announced that he would run for a fifth term, which was uh, expected insofar as Algeria isn't a place where political reform happens very easily. But uh, as Bouteflika had had a stroke in 2013 and was physically debilitated, um, this announcement was uh, received rather poorly by uh, the mass of of Algerians and particularly student groups in, in Algiers. So over the course of a couple of weeks after that, up to around the, the end of February, protests, but without any distinct uh, leadership, uh, and mainly among students or many consisting of students, occurred in uh, Algiers and other major cities. And then by the 3rd of March, the sort of momentum of this movement had built to the extent that Bouteflika announced that he wouldn't serve a full term if re-elected uh, in April and proposed uh, a form of national conference on Uh, on the constitutional reform effectively Uh, and then again as can be the way with these things making a concession effectively undermine the government's position and increase the appetite of anti-government protesters for for further reform so again protests were sustained uh, and by the 11th of March Bouteflika had had to uh, withdraw his candidacy from the elections and postpone them Uh, and a couple of days after that announced the formation of an interim government to support the constitutional reforms of the overseen by the national conference but again even this wasn't sufficient to abate public appetite for change because i think again the protesters and anti-government movement more broadly was concerned that even if Bouteflika was to step aside effectively members of the establishment would would retain control of the direction of constitutional reform so uh, after the interim government had been proposed unions uh, a number of trade unions across the country refused to participate therein which precipitated uh, on the 26th of march the head of the army which is obviously still very powerful in algeria withdrawing his support uh, for bouteflika and so by beginning of this week, uh, Bouteflika had announced that his, he would resign by the 28th of this month. And then sure enough, uh, on the 2nd of April, he was forced to resign as it became clear that no one was willing to allow him to wait till the 28th to finally uh, disappear out the door. Okay, so what do you think is next for the Algerian government? Well, this whole process, as you can probably gather from the, the summation of events there, has grown kind of organically from relatively uh, limited origins. Um, but I think uh, the point I made earlier is, is is probably the most important insofar as the government has tried to appease um, the demands of, of protesters, which initially were, you know, just consisted of students, but are now trade unions, lawyers, uh, and other professional bodies. 
and they what they what they're really after is um, ensuring that the establishment, which consists of military, political, and business elites, uh, are really relinquish control of the levers of power that they've um, really that that they've had in, under their influence since Algeria's independence back in the sixties. So um, yeah, really, what I expect to see next is is continued uncertainty. Insofar as every concession the government has made so far has proved insufficient for people's appetite for reform. And so, yes, Bouteflika may have gone. Yes, there may be an interim government, and there may be elections declared over the course of the next ninety days, which is what is constitutionally mandated. However, the circumstances that we find ourselves in are not, uh, you know, those which the the constitution was probably drawn up expecting to encounter. And so, what I would imagine is that as we move forward in the coming days, um, the interim government and the president of the Senate, uh, Abdul Kader Ben Salah, will attempt to propose various options going forward, but they will continue to be uh, rejected by protest groups who want to see the establishment as a whole effectively step back and allow a kind of uh, popular conference, as it were, on uh, some form of, of constitutional change. But I don't think anyone really knows what that looks like at this stage. Okay, so it sounds like things are going to remain fairly unstable and uncertain in Algeria for some time to come yet. Absolutely. How do you think businesses will be affected by these developments? I think probably what's um, unusual about Algeria is that the establishment, as I said before, consists of political, military and and business elites, but that because of the uh, dominance of uh, state-owned or partially state-owned businesses within Algeria's commercial environment, it means that um, business and politics uh, are rarely divorced from each other. So what we've seen uh, during previous bouts of uh, political uncertainty in the country is that appointments to positions on the boards of major companies, particularly Sonatrac, the uh, national energy company, and Sonelgas, the uh, national distributor of, of gas and electricity, can become, you know, the, the seats on those boards can become effectively tools for promoting or demoting figures within the establishment who, uh, you know, at the whim of, say, uh, military figures or other uh, political elites who who wish to, you know, buy or counter the support of, of their rivals. And so what we've seen over the last couple of days is that targeted uh, allegations of corruption have been made against a number of high-profile businessmen who've subsequently had their passports removed. Uh, and similarly, earlier in the week, um, Algeria's richest man, a, a man called uh, Ali Haddad, who was previously an ally of Bouteflika, was actually arrested, um, seemingly trying to flee the country. So what we've started to see the beginning of is that these business elites uh, and decision makers, key decision makers within the business environment are being targeted for almost certainly political reasons. So what we'd expect really is uh, over the course of the coming months, delays in any strategic um, investment decisions relating to, say, new rounds of licensing for the uh, energy sector. Uh, As as you say, the the infighting in political circles being reflected in rapid turnover of personnel at a senior level amongst uh, state-owned enterprises, uh, and really just the the business environment being directly disrupted in in that sense from a kind of top-down perspective. But then in in a more broader context, if we think about what I was saying earlier on, uh, in relation to the concessions been made to processes that haven't proved sufficient, it's still unclear at this stage as to whether or not the establishment is willing to concede meaningful uh, reforms to protest groups. And as a consequence, it's quite foreseeable now that Bouteflika has gone and that the concessions that could readily be made have, have already been expended, that now this has set the stage for a, a more substantive confrontation between, say, the security forces and protest groups. Um, that won't necessarily turn violent immediately, but if 
you know, further promises of reform are made and then not kept, or that elections are announced and then delayed, then, you know, that we might see the, the momentum that's built so far become to spill over into violence. Okay, so interesting and potentially quite challenging times. Absolutely. And that brings our podcast to an end. Thank you very much, Phil, for sharing your thoughts with our listeners. Thank you. And if we've raised any questions here today, please don't hesitate to get in touch and we'd be happy to help. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening and we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you would like to learn more about our services or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at